Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Yes. Hallelujah. You got your Bibles tonight? Hallelujah. Just grab your Bible or your phone if that's where your app is, your Bible app. <clears throat> Say, this is my Bible. This is how God speaks to me. I will be attentive to his word tonight. And I will expect to hear his voice in my heart. I will get direction. I will get solutions. I will get answers. Light shall come. And my path shall be illuminated. In the name of the holy and the majestic and victorious name of Jesus, in whom lives in my heart. Amen. Glory to God. It's always good to be on the winning side. I said it's always good to be on the winning side. We'd like to welcome those that are watching uh, through the live stream or maybe even if this is now a recorded version that you're listening to. I just wanted you to, to realize and to, to, to know that we consider you a part of this congregation. And we just thank you for being here in this time. And we believe the Lord has something for you. So just keep those ears, the ears of your heart open, and just believe that light is coming, and he will speak to you. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, through the years, each one of us has... Uh, had an opportunity to speak to somebody about the Lord, that that we have a a sense in our heart that uh, they haven't received the Lord yet. And so we've we've spoken to them, and and we've endeavored to to lead them uh, to the Lord, to to see them saved. And uh, many times in a conversation like that with somebody who is not fully prepared to hear or to consider at that moment a relationship with Jesus Christ, they'll, they'll respond with questions. And some of the times the questions are legitimate, and then other times it's just uh, a way to get the attention off of them and onto a question. And uh, I don't know how many times, but several times, one of the questions that people would ask me, they would say, uh, well, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying, but what about the people in the world that have never heard about Jesus? What about those people that haven't heard the gospel? How do they go to heaven? Another variation of that same question is, do you think it's fair for God to send someone to hell who's never heard of Jesus and had an opportunity to receive him. Now, am I the only one that has ever heard 
that question or at least a variation of it. Am I the only one tonight? I think that everybody has heard that question. Maybe even before our time of receiving the Lord, we might have asked that question as, as well. But first and foremost, let me say this, and you already know this. Anytime somebody, even ourselves, questions the fairness, the compassion, and the love of God through Jesus Christ, needs to resist and stop that way of thinking immediately. We should never give those kind of questions and those thoughts any credence, any access to us, because it's just not true. Yeah, come on, come on, amen. Let me say this again. That's not true about our God, and it's certainly not true about his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything he does is holy. Everything that he does is righteous. Everything he does is done from who he is, and he is love. Hallelujah. Really what is happening when people ask those kinds of questions, and they're not trying to offend our God, they're they're, they're just in a place, they're in a place of darkness or separation from knowledge. And so when they ask a question like that, They're trying to understand with their mind the things of God. And because they're doing it with their mind, they're doing it from a natural perspective and through through the lens of logic and emotion. We know that it's up to us to go to his word to answer all these types of questions. Amen. Yes, going over to 2 Timothy. Now, we might get into some areas tonight that uh, maybe we haven't talked about very much around here. Apparently, we're going to talk about it tonight. <laughs> That's why I'm here, to see what he has to say. 2 Timothy chapter 3, go down to verse 16. Notice it tells us that all, all Scripture, how much? All Scripture is given by inspiration or it's God-breathed. It's given by inspiration of God. And because it comes from God, it's what? It's profitable, meaning it'll benefit you and I. It gives us reproof. How many of you know that we need to be reproved from time to time? Also, the Word of God is good for correction. (laughs) Boy, you know, there's times I need to be disciplined. I'd like to tell you that I got it all together, but I think you know me well enough that that's not the case, right? Amen. And also it gives us instruction or guidelines or a blueprint for how to live right. And you know that there's a right way to live and there is a wrong way to live. Amen. Amen. You know, if we get more things right than we do wrong, you know, life's going to be good. Yeah. Come on. Amen. And that's what I'm shooting for. I, every day, I want to do what's right. Yeah. I don't want to do what feels right. I want to do what I know is right Amen. from the Word of God. Amen. Amen. 
So tonight we're going to talk about those folks that have yet to bow their knee to the Lord. Even those that, uh, you know, haven't heard the gospel. You know, there are people legitimately that have not had the privilege to hear even the name of Jesus mentioned in their uh, presence. You've got islands of the sea, which are hundreds of thousands of million people in the islands of, sea, of the seas over there in the, the 10, uh, the 10, what is it, the 10, 20 parallel. There's just islands all over the place. People have, you know, they don't get a lot of people coming over there to talk to them. Think about China. You know, 1.2 billion people that, uh, that are governed by a communist nation that has outlawed the gospel. How many of you know a lot of them haven't heard? It's becoming tougher and tougher for the communists to keep the gospel out because it's kind of hard to stop, you know, satellite waves, you know, and beams or whatever, you know, yeah. and them getting online. And then, of course, India. I don't know. I think they're, they're at, pretty soon they're going to pass China as the number one populated nation of the world. So they'll be over 1.2 billion. And it's interesting to note that 80% of that nation still lives in, in villages that are very remote. A lot of them, I'd, well, the bulk of them don't even have electricity. And they have a well. I remember going to a particular village when we were over there preaching. And uh, it was interesting. We're, we're getting prepared for the meeting, and there was a church there. And they, there might have been, oh, I don't know, hundred people that were there for this meeting and we were we just noticed this woman that kept walking past us and she had like this little wrapping around her head and she was just carrying uh, buckets of water from the well and then she was taking it to where we were going to be having you know lunch and she was taking it to the people that were preparing lunch and she just kept walking by all the time you know they, they can't just turn on a, a faucet and get running water much less you know hear the gospel so, what about those that have yet to hear the gospel? I want you to go to Romans chapter 1 and look at verse 18. Now, we're going to take God at his word tonight, right? Amen. We're not going to try and figure it out logically. And certainly, we're not going to look at it emotionally. Amen. He says that the wrath of God is what? Is revealed. And he reveals it from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who by their, their own unrighteousness suppress the truth. So it says here clearly in verse 18 that God's wrath is revealed. That means that everybody knows that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Go to the next verse. For what can be known about God is plain to them. What can be known about God is what? Plain to them. Now, who's he talking about? 
Well, from verse 18, it's the ungodly. It's, it's those that have not received the Lord yet. Sometimes we call them sinners. Sometimes we call them unbelievers. Sometimes we call them the lost. But notice it's telling us in these two verses that all that is known about God is what? Plain to them. Now get this. Why? Why is God known to them? Because God has shown it to them. Now that's, that's pretty strong. Think about that. Even a person that's in a remote place has never had someone come to them with a Bible, shared the gospel with them. According to this verse of Scripture, God has already revealed himself to them before you even get there. Now, this is going to help us if the Lord will give us permission to continue on this subject next week. I think the, these kinds of revelations change how we should talk to the lost. Amen. This verse 19 says that God has made himself known to everybody. We're going to see how he did it. How many of you want to know how he did that? <laughs> Because our mind's already thinking, what? Remember, we can't look at the gospel, you know, through the lens of logic. Verse 20, it says that his invisible attributes. So here's God who is invisible because he is a spirit. He's going to reveal himself in a way that we can see him with our heart. It says that his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, notice what he's revealing to them, his eternal power, his divine nature, has been clearly perceived. How has it been perceived? Clearly. Meaning that it's black and white. He's, he's shown us the reality of himself and his attributes and his power. When did he do that? Ever since the creation of the world. Through the things that he has made. So... They, who's they? The lost, the unbeliever, right? Those that haven't heard the gospel. They are without excuse. You see, God's deity, power, and attributes are clearly seen through his creation. And no man, go ahead and say no man. No man is without irrefutable evidence. Irrefutable evidence. Irrefutable evidence. And that's why no man has an excuse of not knowing God, seeing God, and entering into a relationship with God. I think that this is probably the primary reason 
that the devil influenced a scientist. Was it Darwin who came up with a theory? How many of you know what the definition of a theory is? It's a man-made guess based on no facts. It's just, it's just, it's a statement that appears to be a truth, but it's really just an assumption or a guess. And so this evolution has been shoved down our throat because once you begin to, to look at the earth as evolving itself, how are you going to see God? Because that's what God's using to reveal himself. To you and I. And that's another one of those things that you and I should resist anytime and every time it comes up. Don't ever entertain any thoughts. Well, maybe. No, 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 no. The Bible says that God created the worlds. End of story. <laughs> There's so much peace that comes when we just settle on God's word. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's, let's keep going. Look at verse 21. For although they knew God. What? They did what? They knew God. Have you ever thought before about you knowing God before you got saved? I never saw it that way. But he's just telling us that you and I, before we received Christ into our heart, we knew God. That's why nobody can have an excuse. Why didn't you send 3,000 people to me to tell me about Jesus? Well, you didn't need 3,000 people. You've already known and had a relationship with God. Let's, let's go a little deeper here. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. Or give thanks to him, but they became futile. Where? In their thinking. Therefore, it caused their hearts to be foolish and darkened. Do you know that every individual can talk themselves into believing anything? Even to someone else, you know, they see clearly that what you believe is just, it's just not so. You know, you can talk yourself into there is no God. You can talk yourself into, you know, that God doesn't care about you. 
You can talk yourself into all sorts of things that'll make God get so far away from you that it'll, those symptoms will appear so real to you. You think that you have confirmation that he is, isn't real and doesn't exist. But here in this scripture, it says that we've all known God. So every individual, according to this scripture, that has been born on this earth has known God. You know that that person that is, is, is held captive in their trespasses and sins... And, and doesn't believe in God, and doesn't believe in this person, Jesus Christ, as being God, and dying in his place. That person that boldly professes that, and lives their life accordingly, knows God. Knows God. But it's so hidden by what they think, they're so separated from that knowledge and that experience. To them, that's how it seems to be. Amen. Amen. We've, see, we've experienced this in, in all sorts of different areas. As Christians, we're going through life and we're struggling with this thing and we keep struggling with this part of our life and we keep struggling with struggling with it and we're, we're seeing that it's almost like God you know doesn't care and isn't involved and and we just keep going and stumbling over and over and over and over again and all of a sudden some scripture will come to us and our mind will go that's not true but somehow because of a hunger somehow because of a curiosity Somehow, because it's like a little scratching on the inside, we keep pursuing that scripture. And then we find another scripture that says the same thing. And all of a sudden, we begin to break the darkness that's in our mind. And we begin to think, you know, could that be true? Is that true? And then shimmers of light begin to go through that mind that is dark and it, and it enlightens what's on the inside of us. And then all of a sudden on the inside we're going, hey, now wait a second. Jesus already took care of that for me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus already defeated that for me. Why have I been thinking that he doesn't care? Why, why, don't, why am I thinking that, you know, that he, he's just, you know, not doing anything about this? And then all of a sudden faith starts rising up and you know the progress and the, and the process and what happens. And then all of a sudden you find yourself just putting that thing underfoot. And your mind's going, oh, boy, I wish I had figured this out sooner. Amen. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you, the answer to every question, the, que the answer to every problem is right here. Amen. Yes. Amen. You know, I, I heard a story of a man that went and saw Jesus. The Lord allowed him to leave the earth through a death experience to his body, and his spirit left and was in the presence of Jesus. And he just, and when he, once he got around Jesus, he started asking him all sorts of questions. What about this? What about that? What about da 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 And every time, 
Jesus said, haven't you read my book? He answered every one of his questions from his word. The same can be true about you and I. Come on. We'll get up there and we'll and we know we you know you know this is going to be a tough one to answer. Now he's how's he going to answer this one? How come this happened? How come you allowed this to happen? And we use that you know we put it off on him a lot, don't we? And he's just going to open up the book and say, "See all this here? Oh, yeah, I permitted that, didn't I? I opened myself up to that, didn't I?" I didn't stand against that, did I? That's why the Bible says that we have an unction from the Holy One, and we know all things. How could we not? We've got His book. (laughs) All the answers are right here. Amen. Well, we could preach about that a lot. So here in verse 21 of Romans 1, it says that they knew God, past tense. So here's my question. When did they, or could we ask it this way, when did we, before we received Christ, when did we know God? Huh? When did these horrible people in the world know God? In the beginning. Hmm, that's interesting. Think about it. How did you and I know God? Well, let's just ask the Bible. Bible, how did we know God? Go on over to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Well, she's got an unction from the Holy One and she knows all things. Hello? (laughs) Now look at this. this. This is good. Hebrews 12, verse 9. I'm not quite sure what version this is, but if, hopefully it's close to what you're looking at. Everybody with us? How you doing over there, Mom? You find it? Hebrews 12? Hallelujah. It says here, besides this, so he's about going to add another point to the discussion that he's already having in chapter 12. He says, we have had what? Earthly fathers. What does your say, Dennis? Human fathers. Human parents. Well, who are your earthly father? Who's your earthly parents? Earthly. Who are they? Well, for me, it's Robert Ariel Conover and Ruth Naomi Conover. They're my earthly parents. Amen. Right? And what did they do if they were good parents? They would discipline us. Oh, hallelujah. Everybody say discipline, Discipline. correction, Correction. 
is good for me. You know, that's really an engine of learning, is correction. Hallelujah. Notice what happens when your parents disciplined you. They respected them. Well, my kids just don't respect me. Well, apparently you didn't discipline them. Apparently you pretty much let them get away with everything. That's the Bible here, right? Am I right? I'm not, I'm not on my soapbox. I'm talking about what the Bible says. They disciplined us, therefore we respected them. But then it says, shall we not much more? In the same way that we were disciplined by our natural parents... Right? Shouldn't we let God discipline us? And be subject unto the Father of our spirit. Now here's where we're starting to get close now. How did I know God? Ready? Your natural parents, your mommy and daddy, they created your flesh. They did not create your spirit. Again, our spirit comes from the Father of spirits, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to understand that at conception, God places your human spirit inside of you. That everlasting spirit inside of you. And that's why the devil's coming after our babies. This isn't about women's rights. Has nothing to do. That's the, that's the leverage they, they use to steal our babies. That's how they justify destroying a spirit that God has placed upon the earth. Amen. Well, I just believe. Now you're getting into that place of logic and emotion. Well, now I'm on my soapbox. Amen. So our natural parents, according to this verse of scripture, let's read it again. We have earthly parents who disciplined and we respected them. Shall we not be much more subject to the father of spirits or the father of our spirit and live? So our natural parents have created our body, but God the father, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the father of our spirit. See, you come from God. When we allow God to discipline us, we begin to respect him. And when we respect God, it leads us on the path to salvation. So understand this. When God placed you in the womb of your mother, And in that 
that seed and that egg that began to create the flesh or the body or the house that your spirit will live in, at that very moment of conception of your spirit, because you came from God, you were in fellowship with God. And when you were born onto the earth, and you walked as a, as a screening baby, and you walked as a, as a toddler, and as you walked as a young child, your spirit, which came from God, was in perfect communication with God. Amen. And you knew him. Amen. And you knew him. And there was times as a child that you actually saw in the realm of the Spirit. I can remember years ago, boy, I'll never forget this night. We went uh, to a, we visited another church for a special service. And uh, Mare and I and, and our youngest, Amanda, we, we went to the church service. And as the, as the case was, we always went to you know, services early. Primarily because we wanted to get a good seat, right? We're, we're, you know, we're, we had to drive to get there. We wanted to get a good seat. So it was before the service. I don't know how long it was before the service. There was just a handful of people in a, in a sanctuary that probably held maybe 500 people. And Mary and I were sitting apart from each other, and Amanda was um, in the middle of us. I think her head was on Mommy's lap. Probably her feet were on me. Um, and then, then, then all of a sudden, she, she points to the ceiling and goes, look. And what do you see, baby? I see an angel. And, and what's it look like, honey? And she, she began to describe it. And it, it, it took on the shape of examples of angels in, in, in scripture. So you, you need to understand that as, as young children, we're in communication with God and at times we'll see into that realm. Because your spirit's alive. And your mind yet hasn't been darkened by the world. And so you allow your spirit to rise up and fellowship with God. Look at this over here in Matthew chapter 21. Hallelujah. Anybody hearing anything that's getting you excited tonight? You getting anything? Look at Matthew 21, 15. This is pretty awesome. It says, when the chief priests... And the scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus did. Matthew 21, 15. Did I, did I get the right verse? When they saw the wonderful things that Jesus did, it says that the children were also crying out in the temple. And this is what the children were crying out and saying. Hosanna to the son of David. And, you know, these chief priests, it says that they were sore displeased. Wah. And Jesus spoke to them. 
says, haven't you heard this from the Old Testament, this scripture? Out of the mouth of who? Babes. Remember, this, the, the, the previous verse called them children. So these are those young human beings whose spirit is still alive in them, and they are in perfect communion and fellowship with God. And he says that out of their mouth, they make perfect praise. Nobody can make perfect praise from their heart unless their heart is perfect. They knew God. They had a relationship with God. And every one of us here, the, here tonight, we did that. Yes. We did that. Yes, sir. I said we did that. Yes. Even if you had unbelieving parents, you did that. Because you had a relationship Amen. with God yes, because sir. you came from him. Yes. And he would talk to you show you things, and have a good old time with you. Amen. I told this recently. We had a, I'll go quick. We had a young girl in the church when we were in the 105 building. I'm guessing she was maybe somewhere between three and four years old. And every time we had a praise and worship set, she'd be sitting out there with her grandparents. Her, her mom didn't always come to church, but her grandparents would bring her. And, uh, as soon as we, the band started singing, she'd get up out of her chair. She'd come down to the very front. We had kind of a higher, uh, maybe our stage was about this high. And uh, she'd come right up to the front of the stage, and she'd just start dancing before the Lord. It wasn't, you know, like a dance that was going to the beat. You could tell that it was just, it was just her heart expressing itself through her body. And she'd stay up there the whole time. And then when we'd stop and we'd be done, she'd just go back and sit down in her chair. What do you think, honey? You think she did that for a couple of years? Every Sunday. What was she doing? Her heart, which was still in fellowship with God, worshipped him. Because she knew him. I said she knew him. So... We, we see now how we all knew God before Christ. When did we reject God to lose that relationship? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Romans chapter 7. And we're almost, we're almost done, guys. That's when the people get excited sometimes. <laughs> Romans 7. Look at verse 9. Now this is Paul talking. Anybody remember Paul? Amen. It says that I, being Paul, was once alive. Everybody say alive. alive. How could you be alive spiritually? Because I was apart from the law. 
Our spirit, as a child, was alive because we were apart from the law. I'll explain that in a moment. But when the commandment came, sin came alive. And what happened to me? I died. So I was alive, and then I died. Understand this, when it says that I was once alive apart from the law, that means that you were apart from the law because you didn't know the law. And you didn't have an understanding of the difference between what was right and what was wrong. So when you lived a life before you had an awareness of what right and wrong was, that spirit that you got from God was still alive. And you were in perfect fellowship with him. But then the commandment came, or you began to see the difference between right and wrong. And you chose to rebel. You chose to do wrong. You choose to turn your back on God. And so when that commandment came when sin came alive and you knew what sin was and you chose it you turned your back on God and you died spiritually now this is what we commonly call the age of understanding so that means that every baby that is aborted has never known the commandment they're all in the presence of God In fact, when their spirit left their body in that hospital room or that doctor's office, their spirit went immediately into the presence of God, so the spirit that God placed in that body returned from, or that returned to God. And that is the case all the way up to however old you are when you finally realize the difference between right and wrong and you willfully choose to disobey and reject God just like they did in the garden. You did the exact same thing they did in the garden. You knew the difference between right and wrong, yet you chose to disobey God. And that disobedience in the garden caused them to be separated from God and to die spiritually, and that's what happened to you and I. And that age is different for everybody. I don't know. I was th- I'm thinking maybe somewhere around seven or eight was the case with me. Don't you remember those experiences you had with God in church when you were just a little skeeter? They were, that was real. They were real. Amen. And so, when the commandment commandment came, we died. And that's when Romans 3.23 came to pass. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So understand, God has revealed himself to everyone born on the earth. He's revealed it through virtue of us coming from him and knowing him as a child. And it comes from seeing his handiwork in the creation of the world. Only God could create 
a world so magnificent. Only God could create a body this magnificent. There's no way that this body evolved from the pond and the scum and in the goo into you. All right? It just can't happen. And this Big Bang thing, have you ever seen an explosion create anything? I could take apart a watch and put it in a box and shake it for three million years. How many of you know that those parts will never come together? It takes an intelligent power to put something together that's this magnificent, right? And the reason that you are the centerpiece of his creation is because you were made in his image. Therefore, Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Titus 2.11 Aren't you glad that, it, that you did not let your mind talk you out of his grace? Aren't you glad that you allowed that which you experienced as a child to be revived and to be resurrected and to come back to where you started originally. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, you are magnificent. You are glorious. And you are our Father. Thank you for showing us that you, are, you have and will continue to reveal yourself to every person, every generation that has been born on this earth. Thank you that you have placed your spirit in us and that you've made a way for us to come back to you after we turned our back against you when the commandment came. And now, Lord God, we walk and talk with you just like we did back when we were children. Amen. I thank you, Lord, that you're continuing to cause people all over the world to accept the evidence and the knowing inside of them, that inherent knowledge inside of them of you and causing it to be alive to them to the degree that they receive you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, thanks for coming out tonight. Amen. 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 Little louder now. <laughs>